Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at audible.com. If you use our custom URL at audibletrial.com slash comicpop, you will get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. You can get over 180,000 titles that you can download onto your phone, either i or Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Use that custom URL of audibletrial.com slash comicpop and get yourself a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook download. I recommend The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. After Lord of the Rings hit the scene, I kind of became a fanatic for Lord of the Rings and had to know everything I could know about the universe that Tolkien created, and I started with The Hobbit, and it is a really, really fun book, and it's one that I like to kind of revisit every now and then. This audiobook makes it so much easier for me to just kind of revisit it anytime I want to. So I figured I'd pass the experience and the savings on to you and recommend you download the J.R.R. Tolkien story, The Hobbit. And no, it's not three disappointing movies. It's just one short, fun story. AudibleTrial.com slash Comic Pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange with my co-host, Joel, from Cape Joel. If you it want is to a know show more, that we are doing, and you are watching. Yes, it is a show, and you're watching it. We're doing it. Today, we're mm -hmm. talking about the biggest comic book event letdowns that we can think of. Or uh, just disappointments in general. Yes, things that were, well, things that were supposed to be big. I don't think it's just a book that kind of sucked. It's, it's a book that you thought was going to be big or that they touted as being a big thing. And then turn out to be a little bit of a dud. It's um, fitting to do this because, you know, as 2015 is winding down. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's going to do the 2015 roundups. We're doing the 2015 retrospectives on events over the last decade or so. There you go. <laughs> Some See, of them our, more. Our, ours is better because it encompasses even more. Exactly. So uh, I, I mentioned to Joel, I made a list of all the of all the events that I could think of, and then I did a little bit of research just to be like, did I forget anything? And damn boy, howdy, did I? Uh, <laughs> there were some events that I was just like, I do not remember that event. Uh, mm -hmm. And then once I saw the name, and I'm like, oh yeah, now I know why it belongs on this list. It's a book that I would never talk about except for a list like this. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, people were asking me because I had just put up my top 10 best of 2015 list over on my own channel, Cape Joel, and people were saying, oh, are you going to do a top 10 worst? And I'm like, well, thing is, I, as someone who gets to pick my own titles, I tend not to read many bad books is the right. thing. Exactly. But, but, but I did kind of start, so I moved a little of that onto the list, so people will get to see some of that if they are so inclined. Yeah. So, um, as such, uh, I developed a huge list. I broke it down by Marvel and DC. I mm -hmm. know there are some event, uh, Im image events. I know some people aren't big fans of the Invincible reboot. Uh, I'm sure Spawn has had highs and lows, as I can attest to personally. Um, <laughs> but we're going to limit this just to the big two. I'm sorry for you indie fans that are like, what the hell? There are some peaks and valleys in Saga we could talk about. We're only going to talk about Marvel and DC. Just We're gonna all going to speak basic, to use some Star Wars terminologies, just so everybody can kind of stay on the same page so um we're gonna see what kind of crossover and overlap we have and if we forget anything joel please throw your your thought you know out there um, oh i sure will but uh one that i wanted to mention just right off the bat because i don't have much to say about it except for the fact that they tout this is one of those things and it's a recent one where the company said this is going to be a big freaking thing and it wound up being a big pile of crap and that would be dc's convergence 
Uh, yeah, Convergence is a sad one because I think you and I were both totally on board for Convergence. I remember writing and being like, "Oh, it's all it's all the old continuity. It's all of our old yes. characters back again. Isn't this awesome?" And then we actually got it, and it was just kind of like into a non-ending. Pretty, pretty right off the bat. Like, I remember being, and this is the beginning of Comic Pop, kind of like, we, we just changed the name over, we were getting into events, we were like, much more organized and focused, and so we're like, oh, and we're gonna hit Convergence, it's the big DC event, mm-hmm. and I know a lot about the backstory, and a lot yep. about those previous uh, things that they're gonna address, let's get into it. And the whole damn thing was like the Wizard of fucking Oz starring Earth <laughs> 2 characters, but not that Earth 2, the other Earth 2, the one that failed in Future's End. Remember that event that was also a huge dud that we won't talk that, about because I didn't even read that, that fucking that, thing? That's on my list. I read all of Future's <laughs> End. I read it long after any sensible person had stopped. Oh, wow. No, I read the Zero issue for mm-hmm. Off the Rack, and I'm like, guys, let's read this. And we all read it, and we all went... Okay, let's talk about it with no previous conversation, and we're like, this was shit. And we were all like, oh, good to know. Good to know that we were all on the same page. And then after it was over, everyone's like, hey, it was still shit. And we're like, woo, we saved ourselves a boatload of cash not covering it at all. I, yeah, man, the money I pissed away on that, I cannot even tell you. Uh, the thing about Future's End is, like, in theory, it made sense. On paper, I can see what they were doing with it. Yes. It's like, okay, let's do a, a five years in the future story is what we'll do. And, you know, we'll take characters into new, crazy, far-out situations. And, you know, and, and we'll bridge the gap between Earth 2 and Earth 1. And we'll kind of test the waters to see what it would be like if these characters lived in the same universe. Right. And then it quickly, quickly disappeared up its own ass with a lack of cohesion. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of different writers who clearly had no idea what the other writers were doing, which led to this gigantic, just incoherent mess of a book from start to finish. It's so weird because it's like uh, superficially, it feels like a really dynamite pitch where it's just DC Universe Terminator. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. apocalyptic future in the DC universe characters go back in time to try and prevent it that's your story right and I say DC universe and yet, so you can... and yet it wasn't the story because that ended up being a really small part right. of like several but other stories that went nowhere that's the most frustrating part is that like that's the cool part is that DC's heroes have turned into fucking robots and they're killing everything and they're going back through time to dist- to assimilate the world it's like the Borg and the Terminator and T- and DCU because you got Earth 2 involved in there and it's and it's doom and you're like this could be an epic thing and it wound up being garbage and you know what what yep. you know what the real harbinger of it was the the uh the holographic covers oh yes the return of the holographic cover really kind of signaled the death knell for you like that was for me i'm like didn't we establish this is all a terrible gimmick are you trying <laughs> and, and the fact the book was garbage or at least the books that we read mm. and i'll say you know i'm sure there were some great moments in future's end but for me, the, no, there wasn't. The, the parts that were garbage were also the parts they were like trying to dazzle you with with non-substantive things. So, yeah, I love that we got convergence and futures and all in one one-two punch. Bouge. The, the, the extra little nut punch of Future's End, the way I always felt, it was they're like, look, Terry McGinnis, the Batman Beyond, yeah. he's officially in canon now, he's officially here, oh, now he's fucking dead. Right, and he won't and even w- be like the character you were like no. in the cartoon. And there's, an, there's a better, more character-driven, more appropriate version of him in his own book, Batman Beyond 2.0, 
And that's canceled. But which existed at the time. Well, it wasn't canceled. It finished its run. Thank- it finished thankfully, its at least they, at least they were able to end the damn thing. Um, but still, you could always keep going. Like you could always keep going, especially if it was selling better. True, um, and you know the, the other thing too about the whole futures end, worlds end, convergence thing, because they are kind of like the trinity of events, because yes. one led into the other. Right. Is they kept saying, "Where it's like, no, you need to read worlds end, and you need to read futures end because they're totally going to be important and totally going to cross over." Yep. No, no, they didn't because of time travel bullshit. N- none of it mattered, and none of it ever crossed over. Yep. They also did the same thing after, uh, before uh, Forever Evil, when they were like, "The Trinity War is some big, heavy, cool shit," and that wound up being a huge deuce. Thankfully, it was on the heels of Future uh, of Forever Evil, which was while some people, I, I read a few lists that said that like, "Hey, Forever Evil kind of sucks," and I'm like, "Eh, no." It was pretty cool, and if you didn't like meander off the beaten path, the beaten track, if, yeah. you, if you were very selective about your tie-ins and your and your folk and your character focuses, yeah, uh, yeah. Forever Evil kind of rocked, and I think that's when they started calling. I think Forever Evil is like the biggest success, the most successful New Fifty Two event. That's like when people were like, "Oh, I guess New Fifty Two finally fucking works." It was bizarre that like that was the one because it also featured no major superheroes except for Batman. <laughs> What does that tell you about the comic buying public? Yeah, right? They're like, I don't care as long as Batman's in it. Is now, Deathstroke being Deathstroke and doing Deathstroke things? He sure is. He sure is. And you got Lex Luthor and and, and, and Captain Cold. Captain Cold. Because it was a Jeff Johns written thing, so you're damn right Captain and Cold is going to be one of the he, foremost I think he steals characters. the show for coolest moment in the book. He does. But this is. let's get into duds. Okay, so we talked about DC and we kind of like wiped that off the table. Let's get into some Marvel uh, events or moments that or or big deals that wound up being duds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the namesake for the new Avengers movie, Age of Ultron, was oh oh god yeah yeah uh, there's one. If if you wanna if you really wanna see me get into it, watch our episode of Back Issues on it. But like, damn, because what what a pu what a friggin' stinker that one was. I don't understand how that could once again. Evil robot from the future coming back in time to fuck over to fuck over humanity. How can you get that wrong? Now the funny thing is, even the Terminator people can get it wrong because they've only made two good Terminator <laughs> movies. It's so, true, but and if, one underrated TV series. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, you know what? If you're gonna do a show about Terminator, call Linda Hamilton and just make her Sarah Connor. And just said it now, and just be like, you know what, Judgment Day didn't happen, but here's some fucked up shit. Like, that's <laughs> your move. Like, your show is literally just about, like, what if two domestic terrorists said that they thought that they were going to prevent the, the apocalypse, and then it didn't And then it didn't happen? And what is their life like? That's a cool story. It's because you got this green beret, hard-ass chick trying to protect her son, not from evil robots in the future now, but from, like the world from reality netflix that yeah like that's a fucking movie or that's a show um and having met her a few a few years after the show had ended and i was like you still look fantastic you could have easily done the show that said mm-hmm. i know that Heidi does an amazing job and i know she's so great um whatever but but but, but hey age of ultron though but hey age of ultron fuck that I mean, like, literally, it's just, Wolverine goes, nothing can, you can, you can always solve your problem by killing it or going back in yes. time and killing it. Yes. And if I, if I fuck up by doing that, I'll just go back further in time and kill the guy who did that, which is me. W- way to make nothing matter. Way to have, like, a total self-fulfilling time travel shit. And how'd you love the last page reveal 
of Age of Ultron, besides the fact that they were kind of like hinting at Hickman completely throwing the Marvel Universe out the window, and then Marvel picking back up off the lawn and bringing it back into the house. The last page reveal is a, like, Joe Quesada-drawn double-page splash of Angela! Guess what, gang? Don't worry about this piece-of-shit event that, like, for no reason is tied in with the new Avengers annual that came out two years ago. Because your favorite Spawn character is now part of the Marvel Universe. And won't we do some really dynamite stuff with her for not a couple of years until Marguerite Bennett finally gets a hold of her? Like, And uh, and the, uh, the, the Eighth Realm or whatever that uh, Jason Aaron yeah, Loki across that, that, that. Yeah, the original that was, book. That was pretty good. I like that one. And I actually, you know, it's funny. I really dug her on the Guardians of the Galaxy. I liked her inclusion on that team. I thought mm. she was cool, and I liked her kind of like fascination with Gamora. I thought that was really cool. But once again, I, I like that she exists in Marvel Comics as just a gigantic middle finger to Todd McFarlane. <laughs> I really am disappointed that they didn't just keep a her full costume and b spawn earrings. Like just, just to mess with them. Just pay the licensing fee and give her the spawn earrings. And people can go, what is this? And she goes, it was a phase in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm over it now. Uh, but I'm over it now. It's just a little reminder. It's this guy I used to date. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Age of Ultron, fucking garbage. Uh, you know what's another oh, one? Oh, oh, another fun thing about Age Ultron before yeah. we move on there. The fact that it was clearly written so far before that a bunch of stuff didn't even match up. Like Spider-Man was regular Spider-Man yeah. and not superior, which he had been at the time. And fucking Dan Slott is pretending like people actually believe him. Because he says, he goes, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. He's definitely Dr. Octopus. Never mind the fact that he, that, that it's literally just Bendis' 616 Spider-Man. It's yeah. just... No, and then they wrote that horrible tie-in where they tried to argue that, no, it really is Superior Spider-Man. And it was this awful tie-in where Doc Ock is like, hmm, pretending to be Peter Parker during the apocalypse has certainly been working out for me. Like, I, See, I didn't even read that book. This is new to me. I did. <laughs> I picked it up. I think Slot wrote it, but I was like, don't even, don't do that. Like, don't lie to my face. Like, it's like being a kid who's like 11, being like, you know, I know Santa Claus isn't real. And then, like, calling your friend and asking your friend to pretend to be Santa Claus and call, oh, look, well, if he's not real, then who's this on the phone? And it's like, come on, Mom. Like, I get it. Uh, the Superior Spider-Man thing was a horrible, the, the cross, not the Superior Spider-Man book, but the attempt to kind of retcon their complete yeah. lack and disregard for continuity just garbage uh, Be- because bend is gonna do what bend is gonna do even I, if that means completely null and voiding something another writer is doing ultimate end not only is a definite contender for this list but also i think is a direct result of Bendis being like Bendis do what Bendis do and i don't know if you know this hickman but i didn't give you permission to end the universe <laughs> like uh, you may have shown up and written a bunch of books people like, but I created the Ultimate Universe. I wrote House of M, sir. So <laughs> I, I am the Rock of Eternity. Crash upon me and die, sir. <laughs> I am a Marvel architect, and uh, the Ultimate Universe doesn't end until I say it does. So if I want to make a book about Ultimate Analogs and 616 analogs that are analogs of the real characters mm-hmm. that all exist in the same space and they did it just so Doom could be mad at them. That's so stupid. 
it's like Ben just is that moment in like Rocky when he stands up and goes, I hear no bell for the ultimate universe. I, it's just such an obstinate, angry, like, no. I, I really feel like everything that everything that Ben has wrote in the scope of Hickman's shadow was just a petulant, angry no. Just like yep. his old man Logan was just like, yeah. number one, no. First of all, my, my Logan says that your secret wars are bullshit. Yeah. Second of all, he's important and he's going to just, he's just going to skirt the line, whatever. Like, he's going to literally stumble into the 616 universe, which I love. That's kind of the thing. Like, old man Logan in that story is just walking around and he just wakes up and's like, oh, I'm in 616 now. Go oh. figure. His motivation in 616 is so dumb where he's like, I'm not going to let it happen again. It, It's totally different, man. Like, you've lived through a lot. You know the difference. Like, you but, know but you're I'm not going to do it again. Plus, it was Mysterio. Just go back, just go find Mysterio, and then <laughs> kill him, and then you'll never do it. Dude, now that's a story they gotta do. Dude, let's send this to Jeff Lemire, who's writing Extraordinary yes. X-Men right now. Let's send that to him. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. I'll kill Mysterio for the fourth time. Yeah, I was gonna say, we don't even know who the current Mysterio is, because all the other guys are dead, and there was a new guy in the costume, but we never figured out who he was. No, no, it was, like, Ultimate Mysterio. I think Ultimate Mysterio wound up being a 616 Mysterio. Right, because he was, like, controlling them from afar, yep. but then, yeah, like, had, in like, Superior... Yeah, Robot Mysterios. Right, but I'm talking about the guy in Superior who, like, Doc Ock shanghaied to join his Superior yes, 6. that was cool. That last guy, who yeah. we never figured out who was in the costume. And the comic even makes reference to that. It's like, who's this guy? We don't freaking know. Yeah, I don't know. And you know what? We don't care either. <laughs> <laughs> Until Mysterio becomes important again, we don't care. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's um, going to be in a movie? Maybe. Maybe. Probably. And then uh, Beck will come back to life just in time for the movie. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, f going back to DC, I know you wanted to talk about this one. The Robin War. Man, talk about, again, a newer addition to this thing. If I was to do a worst of, this would definitely be on there. Yet again, another book that sounded great on paper. It's like, yeah, man, we're going to have an event all about the sidekicks and the Robins and how important that is. And, you know, we're going to set them up and they're going to fight the Court of Owls. Won't that be cool? Yeah, that's a cool idea. But this is just Civil War with Robins in it. It's not it's not even that good because they're not even really fighting each other anymore. It's right. really dumb. We're there's one issue left in this, and it's just gonna be Robin War number two. We're like five issues into this story. I still have no idea what exactly is at stake. Right. What are the stakes? I don't know. You know one of the Robins will probably die. Or at least quit. I know that like we're supposed to get Nightwing back, maybe. Here's the thing. They tease Nightwing in issue one, yeah. and they never bring it up again. You know that? You know what happened there? They got it past editorial, because we've always we've established before, on definitely on this channel at least, that editors don't read the books they're editing. So, uh, at least by and large. That's how you get, like, misspellings, uh, character, like, character name misspellings, continuity errors, just uh, color mismatching. But, uh... You know that that just they put the Nightwing thing on the table, the mask, and they went like Nightwing will rise again or will fly again, mm -hmm. and then editor and then, you know, fucking they got a call and they Mr. Were like, Didio, Big Didio Dad. was like, oh 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 whoa, I heard something about uh, <laughs> I was on Reddit uh, earlier today and I saw that you you were talking about Nightwing again. You know that those that that's one of the words you're not supposed to say. Mm -hmm. 
I imagine he came down to the office and he was all fire and brimstone. He just started flipping tables and setting fire to people's desks. We're not doing Nightwing. I worked really (laughs) hard to put him in the... I I wanted him to die. And you got your Grayson books. Everyone loves them, which makes me fucking furious. Yeah, that people actually like this new angle on him, which I'm sure he's like, yeah, you know, we'll make him a spy and he won't even be in Gotham anymore, huh? How do you like that? People are like, yeah, we what, like the character too much, we don't care. Like, that sounds what, awesome. What, what do you mean Tim Seeley's doing a good job? What do you mean he's making it a trippy 60s spy adventure and bringing in all these Grant Morrison characters who didn't get developed anywhere else? I know what I'll do. And you know what's funny? He'll. This is what he'll do. At the end of the day... This is how this is how we'll kill or at least get rid of the Dick Grayson book. Dick Grayson will get a relaunch written by Scott Lodell. That's he's his hitman. He's his personal hitman for characters he doesn't like. Yeah, he's like, here you go. He'll write it into the ground, and then everyone will hate it, and they won't miss him, and then whatever, and then we'll re- and, by then it'll be another crisis, and we'll reboot everything. And, and yet he's been writing Teen Titans and, like, Red Hood and Arsenal into yep. the ground since the beginning of the New 52, and those continue to sell for whatever reason. It's because they're people, it's just, it's just because comic book fans are A, completists, or B, just fans of the character. I know True. too many people who hate Spider-Man, but have to buy every single issue, because they have to A, know what happens, and B, like, have it in their collection. They're just like, I don't mm-hmm. care. This is the worst run of Spider-Man ever, and I'm losing money hand over fist. I'm like, just stop buying it. Just wait. The other bad thing about Robin War, and I think it ties in with another book that came out this year that was another good idea on paper that crashed and burned almost instantly, is We Are Robin. Oh, my God. That was Which, a neat idea, maybe. Yes, it was. At the very least, I was like, that's a cool poster. But yes, it was. I read the first issue, and I'm like, this is okay. This is a neat idea. I was more in line with, like, if with respect to Robins, I'm like, weren't you going to make Carrie Kelly a Robin or something? Like, where's the, that come from? Like, where's the, your the, girl Robins? They they had Carrie Kelly for a couple months. People reacted with rage and anger. Like, okay, fine, we're putting her away. We're putting her away Ooh, okay, now. sorry, no. Like, just... I don't know. Like, why we gotta have, like, 16 Robin? Like, I don't know. It just seems well, like... Well, here's the thing about We Are Robin, and it's never brought up in this book or in Robin War, but it's being explored in the far superior Batman and Robin Eternal. Right. And that is that uh, Bluebird Harper Rowe was next in line She's for the great. sidekick gig. Yes. She is. She's great. She, she I was... liked the Bluebird idea, but I was more like, why isn't she a Robin? Are we just not doing Robins anymore? Like, is Bluebird, like, we're not doing Robins, but we are keeping the bird thing, and Theme, so she's yeah. going to be a Bluebird. No. A- a- as they brought up in Batman and Robin Eternal, she was the next in line. She was ready to go. She was about to get her training from Batman and get to join the family. Yeah. Th- then Endgame happened and Batman lost his memory. So now she's kind of out in the cold right now. And she's all kind of pissed off. And Dick Grayson's like, well, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, Harper. I'm sorry yeah. that this <laughs> happened. I, I know you've kind of been robbed of your of your position here that should have been yours. And meanwhile, in the We Are Robin thing, they might as well just call that book Duke and the Other Guys. Because yes. Duke is the only one who is important. He no, is the only the one who has been vindicated by Batman and other stories. Yep, that's the book. Yeah, Everyone else one, is unimportant. Everyone else is canon fodder. He's the only one that Scott Snyder, the lord and savior of Batman, has acknowledged enough to put in his book. Damien gets one issue where he gets like two panels in Endgame. Mm-hmm. But Dylan, or whatever his name, gets like Duke. Duke. Gets like 16 freaking... He gets a subplot regarding the penguin. Like, come 
Yeah, that's that's pretty huge that he gets a whole subplot, which again does not mention the Robin Youth movement or any of those other kids oh, no, at no, all. No. It's just nope, this is Duke on his own doing his own thing. Those other characters do not exist. The the extra like crap cherry on that Sunday is we find out in the We Are Robin book that it's Alfred who's actually backing and funding the Robin Youth movement. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which only is like... he only he won't tell them their real identity. He wears a fake beard. And even after one of them died, continues to keep sending them out there as this weird child army of his. Yeah, really bizarre. Not in keeping with his character. No, total total derailment of his character. Also, in the lead up to the whole Robin War thing, the We Are Robin gang was fighting a Talon assassin. That Talon does not show up in Robin War, nor does that story get referenced at all in Robin War. Really? Yes, really. That is... Also, Lincoln March is leading the Court of Owls yes. in Robin War, even though at the end of Batman Eternal, when we found out he was the big bad of that, the court literally buried him alive. Okay, that's fine. And now he and now he's their leader, even though it makes no sense for yeah, him no. to be leader, because in his first appearance, they made a point of saying that the cult was really only manipulating him, so in turn, he, he went around and killed a bunch of their high-ranking members. But now he's leading them, and now he wants the Gray Sun again because the Gray Sun is apparently really important yeah. to the Court of Owls, right. even though well, it wasn't I remember, important like, before. That, that, like, yeah, all right, it, it, it's needlessly complicated. Also, the thing too, it's like, oh, the Gray Sun, the Gray Sun must rise. Uh, you guys know William Cobb isn't dead, right? Like, <laughs> l- like Dick Grayson's ancestor, like, I, what was it, like his great grandfather or yeah. his great uncle or something. He's still alive. Him and the other talents are just on ice in Blackgate. How about instead of starting this weird crusade against the Robins and building an Abu Grave just prison? Break them out. The, yeah, just just go break your guys out. What's what, what what is stopping you? What is so important about making a Robin into a Talon? And also, I hate it in the newest issue, they've invented new tiers of talents, where they're like, oh, those talents you fought before, they, they were nothing, they were bullshit, but the <laughs> elite talents that we're growing right now, they're gonna knock your socks off. Yeah, the orcs are boring, but the Urukai, that's where it's at. Those guys are next level. That's exactly what that is. Um, so yeah, we, we are Rob, it's not even over yet, and it's already like, Bleh. and I think that based on like the chat's reaction, and also uh, the news' reaction, like comic books, you know, reporting, it, it's kind of like, yeah, everyone's kind of just waiting for it to be over, and maybe the oversaturation of bat titles was not the best idea. Well, here's the thing. I only stuck with We Are Robin because I knew Robin War was going to be a thing. As soon as Robin War is done, I am dropping We Are Robin. Yeah. So once that event is done, I would not be surprised if the We Are Robin book falls not far behind yeah, it. But see, this is the thing. Like, And this is just this is, this is is indicative of everybody who reads comics. I totally get it, but like at the same time, Drop everything. If it's not good, drop it. And then if you want to read the rest of it, buy the trade aftermarket for a half price. Like, and then send them a message that says, I'm not going to buy your fucking comic. Like, Spider-Verse? This book was like goddamn garbage. I fucking hated every goddamn now, second of it's that book. Funny. I, I like Spider-Verse more than you, but I have Web Warriors on my list of disappointing ones from Web 2015. Web Warriors! Web Warriors was like a why are you doing this kind of thing. Like, I, like, I understood that the idea of it being a great spin-off from Spider-Verse, like a great tie-in title. Here's what the other guys are doing. But then afterwards to set it up at the end to say, but the web of life needs help and we need these web warriors to team up and go on like Sliders-esque adventures. Yes. Like, you know, I remember when that book was coming out, it was called Exiles and it was way <laughs> better. 
then this like then everyone having the exact same power. <laughs> Web Warriors is two issues in right now, and it's already quickly running out of steam. And it's so funny that clearly the big breakout star of the Spider Verse was Spider Gwen. She has yes. her own book now; it's very popular. She is now the major focus of this first arc of Web Warriors, and I'm like, what's the point of focusing on a character who already has their own book? They already have their own book. And you know what's funny? I was I was predicting Gwen's departure from Web Warriors as the book kept on going, because I could imagine like their the the, the creative team from Spider Gwen being like, You're really poaching our readers. Like we're we 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 need all the readers we can get to keep this book going. Keep this thing afloat. You know, like or she's like Gwen is too popular to be on your rinky dink pig like team, so no thank you and moves the, on. Like the, the other real problem of Web Warriors, and I think I'm the only one to really mention this so far, is this is a team where everyone has the same powers and the same moves. Yes, except for Spider Man Noir, whose power is he shoots people. <laughs> right, except for the Spider Man Noir, who is just like a crappier Batman with guns. <laughs> It's like, wow, this was, this was a poor idea for a team to make up a team of everyone who's the same the same character. Yeah. yeah. This was an unfortunate well, way to set up your team. And for me, that's that was like a major flaw of Spider-Verse. People were so people were like, "Yay, we get to see all the Spider-Men." I'm like, "You don't you know they're all the same character, right? Like they're all the same person in different identities or in different universes with different ideas attached to them. Now, I liked Spider-Verse more than you, and for me, the appeal of that was the world, not the character. Be like, oh, we're going to the black and white newspaper strip world, or we're going to the 60s cartoon world. See, now, I I wanted to see that through the lens of real Peter Parker. I wanted to see Peter Parker reacting to a Spider-Verse, not to see a team that Peter Parker is but one cog of many in, Mm. wherein they fight lame Straczynski villains and then lose and then regroup and then fight them again and then lose and then regroup and then fight them. It's the same issue for, for like seven or eight issues where they, lo- they, 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 go, they, they get attacked by the inheritors, then they lose, and, then, and everyone tells me, you got to buy the tie-ins, you got to go all the time. I'm like, no, this is an event. I'm not going to spend $30 a month to read one story because I need 16 stories to make the main story make more sense or matter more. That's a I, that's a cheat. I, I will say for Spider-Verse, like one of the only big takeaways from that book or one of the few things that stayed is the fact that they killed Kane and Kane is dead. But, but I think a lot dead. of people- Oh, that's right. Cause he did the whole hand coming he from the, the rubble. Thing. He came out of the, uh, out of the, out of the spider and they did it. And, and what's his name? Uh, who, who was, who wrote Scarlet Spider? Was it Chris Yost or was it Chris yes. Gage? It was Yost, I think. Yost loves that character and like begged him to put that like last PS at the end of Kane returning, and I'm like, yeah, of course. Like even Kane doesn't die, and I, and I saw him dying because I'm like, you got all these spider characters, you can't you can't keep doing spider characters. You got to do something else. <laughs> and, and, and the irony is that every time I review Web Warriors, I get at least three or four comments from people saying, when is Kane going to be in this That's book? That's a great we really question. Want Kane. That's a great question. When it like why not? I still say, by the way, my my pitch for Kane was Doc Ock knew about should Kane have taken over his and body, take over his and, body then... and then just be Spider Man at the same time as Peter Parker and have dueling Spider Man. 
that would have been nice because I really was by the end quite attached to Doc Ock Spider-Man. I would have liked it if he could have cloned himself a body and Superior Spider-Man could have continued somewhere else in another city. Yeah, but instead we get him as uh, as the, the robot, as the living brain. But, but hey, at least he's back now, and at least I'm sure they'll make a big event out of his return, like the return of Doc Ock. No question. Or they'll say, like, Superior Spider-Man Returns, and you'll be like, what? And then they'll go buy it, and then it won't be. <laughs> that would be sad. Well, the thing, too, and I know I was having this uh, this argument with my co-hosts as well, where it's like, wait, so this backup of Doc Ock in the robot, was that before or after he learned his lesson about heroism? Oh, it was before. It was before. Oh, okay, easily. so this is oh, no, so this was, is the maintained evil version, not the more interesting. I've seen some shit and come out a better person. Yes, I like when uh, I always was like, no, it's Do- Doc Ock is in the living brain. Like from before, like around the time of the the fight with uh, like on the mindscape. I'm like Doc Ock recopied himself because he knows he's gonna lose to Peter Parker at some point. You know, and maybe I'm just a big old softy too. But what I really wanted from that is I kind of wanted. Uh, Otto Octavius and Anne Marie to live happily ever after together. I kind of wanted them to get an ending. I thought they were a really cute couple. Don't worry, they'll get back together when they announce that Anna Maria is actually a villain and she takes over Parker Industries. You see, see, I think Dan Slott likes Anne Maria too much to pull that. I uh, oh, think no, he'll I think it. he likes her too much to not do that. I think he's like, <laughs> to not, no, no, to we not gotta have make her up. Because like, it's a great idea to make her a huge bad guy. Because Peter Parker was like, hey, you were boning uh, Doc Ock. And she's like, Okay, like, I don't care. I was in love with him. And then the fact that Peter was, before the whole uh, Secret Wars thing happened, he was kind of falling for her a little bit. Then we jumped forward eight months, and clearly yeah, it didn't fun. get out. Also, we got but a little I... Cindy Moon. Yeah. Hey, I, I kind of like Silk. I will kind of defend Silk. I think they've taken her into some interesting directions with this new arc, where she's kind of doing, like, a superhero Serpico thing. Always yes. know who your friends are, Silk. <laughs> She's working for S.H.I.E.L.D., but she's also working for Black Cat, and she's also trying to, like, forward her own agendas about trying to find your family. Yeah. Um, somebody in the comments just said for me to watch my language. This is my channel. I curse on this channel. So, uh, no. <laughs> I, um, I'm surprised you didn't catch more uh, hell for the for the Santa thing you said before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, whoa! Spoilers for my kid! <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> your, your child who probably shouldn't be watching us. Yeah, exactly. What are you, what are you doing? Um... Another book that I feel was a huge disappointment that they really hyped up and then kind of lost, and then they knew it was going to fail, Shadowland. Oh, God, do I hate Shadowland so much. I did two videos on how much I hate Shadowland. We, we, I hate Shadowland so much, it's not on back issues. Because I'd have to fucking talk about it. And I really don't want to. Like I, I what, read... what a stain! What a stain on Daredevil's otherwise really great succession of creators and writers and everything. Yeah, I, I read, I think I read the first three issues of Shadowland, and then I just said like, I don't care so much. I don't even want to know what happens because I know it's going to get undone. Leaving and Shadowland is a perfect example of just about everything wrong in events where it's like, no, we need more cameos. We need everybody in this. Yes, and they won't do anything or have anything, any role to play. And Shadowland will end as a like subplot PS note from in Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because it's in Superior where he finally tears down Shadowland. Which was and amazing. Runs and, 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 that was the best part of Shadowland. Was Doc Ock being like, I sent spider drones to knock it over. You're welcome. This, this Asian castle in the middle of New York is really dumb. Yeah. 
It's really stupid. We're, and, and people keep asking about it, and I don't want to talk about it or remind them of it, so I'm just going to knock it over. Yeah, it's great, too, because I, I think what it was, the reason that Superior finally thought he would do that is because, like, he heard a bunch of things from concerned parents. Where it was like, oh, well, you know, it's hard raising kids near Shadowland in the thing. Every night we hear evil ninjas scheming and my kids can't sleep. Yeah, of evil exactly. Ninjas. We hear evil ninjas scheming. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing really to say it's just about them all night long. It. Yeah, there's nothing really like to say. Like, what was the th part that sucks? Like all of it. Um, for the, me, the fact that the devil made Daredevil do it—that that was the whole reason that he went bad. Even though Bendis had done a similar story yeah. about Daredevil kind of turning to the dark side, and the becoming the king, which was a million times better. Yeah. Oh no, that was way better. Um. Yeah. No, that's that's basically. The fact that's basically just parallax. Like so, Green. Yeah. So Hal Jordan goes crazy, kills the Corey, takes the rings, he becomes a bad guy, and then he dies saving the saving the world. Cool story. No, actually, um, we want to use him again because killing Kyle Rayner's girlfriend and putting her in the refrigerator caught us a lot of flack, and also he's boring, and I don't mm. care about writing him anymore. Also, Jeff Johns wants to write about Hal Jordan. So, uh, no, actually, it was uh, a demon. Like a, a yellow uh, demon thing. It, it was a big bug, a big icky space yeah, bug made that, it do uh, it. It took over his uh, bra uh, that made him parallax. Parallax is actually the name of the demon, not not him. Like, yeah. About, let's undo the whole character development of this thing and and where we went and just do that. Like the, the fact too that so few Daredevil characters actually showed up in Shadowland. Like Foggy comes in in like the last issue and like he climbs the outside of Shadowland and Daredevil's like, "Yeah, I will kill you, Foggy Nelson." And Foggy's like, "Really?" Because <laughs> I've got the devil in me, you see. Yeah. Uh, what they oh, or the really... fact too that the Avengers were just like, "Nah, we'll let you street level guys handle this. Now, nah, now nah, we're good. You, you guys got to handle." Like in issue one, they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to help you." What they should have done was just Thor shows up and levels it at the end. That and goes, "Remember your place," and then flies away. Like that would like again, Shadowland. It's so annoying because if any of like Iron Man or Cap or Thor got involved in it, it would have be been over in ten seconds. It would have been over in ten seconds. I mean, God, for God's sake, a. A, a pragmatic Spider-Man took over Shadowland. Like, True. And, and he doesn't do shit. <laughs> That's what's hard. So anyway, uh, as far as DC events go, since we mentioned Parallax, I will also talk about New Krypton. New Krypton. Oh, it's been a while for me for New yes, Krypton. This is when uh, they, they made the Kandorians big, and then uh, they wouldn't be Superman, and then they made their own planet, and then Superman renounced Earth and then went to New Krypton. And like mm -hmm. lived there, and that was boring and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and people and Earthlings were like, "Ooh, Superman left." And Superman's like, "Ooh, I'm playing a dangerous game where I'm trying to figure out this." <laughs> Who gives a crap? <laughs> like, and then they went, "Uh, yeah, you're." And DC was like, "Yeah, you're right. How about a War of the Superman, Blow Up the Plan? Moving on. All right, Superman grounded. You guys are like that, right?" He'll walk across America. By the way, teaser for tonight's back issues. Ooh, that's uh, gonna be good. Yeah, uh, not New Krypton, the one after New Krypton. <laughs> the one that nobody likes. Uh, I remember that one made the news because of like, what Superman announces or renounces his American citizenship and walks across America? Yeah, yeah. I, I love it when stuff from comics like breaks into mainstream media and they have to talk about it without the decades worth of context that we as comic book fans have. Oh yeah, that that frustrates the crap out of me when I read any news story about comics because I know 
it's wrong, it's an exaggeration, and yes. it's going to be belittling. It's going to be like, and these little guys here, they think that little stories matter. Anyway, back to the Kardashians. And perfect example that Fox News thing uh, when Captain America was fighting the Serpent Society. Oh like, Is Captain America taking a hard stance against Republicans? No, he's fighting snake Nazis, you idiot. Do you not have Google? Nobody's black, though. Yeah, that's an issue. We don't like that it's Sam Wilson, which is hilarious that that got all up in the news. Meanwhile, over in D.C., they've I can count at least five Ferguson stories that they've done over in D.C. this year alone, and none of those made the news. Yeah, exactly. Green Arrow had a Ferguson story. Superman had a Ferguson story. That Azarello annual was another police brutality Ferguson story. Heck, the first issue of opens with a Ferguson story. (laughs) Which they completely dropped later on, which is yet another problem why Robin War sucks. Yep. E- even the new Dark Knight Returns yeah. took elements from that. Yeah, they sure did, which was really cool. I was like, all right, good job, man. Which um, it's funny, th- thinking back on it, it's like, oh yeah, Frank Miller has a problem with authority and police. Are, that's that's so funny because today I see him as the sort of person who would be like, no, I, I think the police are using the exact right amount of force oh, yeah. in all these altercations. Well, it depends on <laughs> it depends on who it's used on. Yeah, uh, because if it's used on like those frustrating teenagers, then it's definitely something that he'd be in. in, in those in damn kids with their wraparound shades and their boom boxes and their break dancing. God, I hate those kids so much. <laughs> yeah, they're Will Smiths. Well, those kids are mutants, I tell you what. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, other Marvel events, I will also mention. I really felt that this was a dud for me. Secret Invasion. Mm, uh, I you're t- taking the it back. Wonderful idea. Ama- I mean, it's just basically uh, what's that? What's that show? Uh, Alien Nation. It's, it could have been mm, Alien Nation, mm. and it turned out to be who gives a shit? It, it, invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because it was just because that's the story. The story was all the teasers embrace change. Pictures of kids, like of of human children with scroll children, like mm-hmm. the scrolls being you know led by a fanatical religious like you know wingnut, and then it becoming this invasion story. You know th- there are millions of them in on Earth's surface, and one fight in Central Park, and they're defeated. You needed mm-hmm. to do like, I and mean, I know what they did. Like I know the idea was probably yeah, and then the scrolls will live on Earth, and you won't, and it'll be like another mutant type story where it's like there's a race <laughs> of people that live on earth and they like you don't know if they're scrolls or not and the, at the end of the day the point is we're all human you know we're all everyone's yeah. a little human as captain kirk would say and be, be, be a great like immigrant story yes, where we're all yes, living together instead nope they're defeated and let's publish or let's 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 rebrand the scroll kill crew and let's just kill them indiscriminately these sentient <laughs> people we'll just eat we'll we'll, we'll we will uh, feed make, them to Venom. Venom will literally eat them. Literally eat them. We'll make horrifying Guantanamo-esque references, but we're yeah. rooting for the for the torturers. Look, look, but Sal, though, they, they kidnapped uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' baby. Those superheroes had to torture all those people for freedom. Yes, except that you, Bendis, wrote the story where she was kidnapped. You could have not had her be kidnapped or had her be rescued or have her be rescued through heroism instead of misery and like really dark shit there's no reason for that or or, you know have the scroll butler who took him under be like no well you know i've spent enough time with you avengers now i i know you're good people here I, i give you your baby back right no and and i'm proving to you that not all scrolls are evil and aren't so bad yeah also hilariously they uh they were they were like 
at the end of it, they're like, yeah, uh, the the end of the the end of the core event is that Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's baby is kidnapped. And if you don't read New Avengers, then you're like, who? Why? What? <laughs> yeah, I, I will say as as much as I shit on that, I actually. I think it's like it's the beginning of Dark Rain, yes, where all the heroes cool. do start, where they start kicking down all the doors and they start going to all the bad guy bars, and it's like all the heroes working in tandem to try and get this one kid back. I like that idea, and that's a cool concept that I'm sure we've seen before. But like, but but I just feel like the book is it like in and of itself just wrapped up kind of crappy and, it, it and a did. lot of missed opportunities. Like, oh yeah, we could have undone the beating of Hank Pym's uh, wife. By making it a scroll and just, and just end the conversation forever. <laughs> but no, let's bring back Mockingbird. Uh, we could also bring back Blue Bee, like you know, Beast looking like a cool, mo- like a cool guy again instead of this stupid ape thing. Nope, we're gonna make him. Nope, no changes. You could literally have retconned all of Marvel. You could have done a. T- you could have done a soft reboot of Marvel. You had a blank a, check and you didn't take it. A blank fucking check. They cashed it for like eighteen dollars. And like, because then they tried to, then they tried to cash, they tried to, they tried to recycle that check. They tried to wash it in the tub and get the prints <laughs> off because they were like, and now Hawkeye and Mockingbird and Mockingbird and nobody and my, and like, and she's so annoying that she's in this freaking Spider-Man book. And I'm like, why are you pushing Mockingbird so hard? The only Mockingbird I ever like is the one in that show and no one should like it. And then for some reason I'm like, this Mockingbird's cool. I like her fine. Just so many, just so much, just a wasted opportunity. TV Mockingbird is pretty cool. Actually, it's funny you mentioned, it's funny you mentioned the Hawkeye thing. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know, did did you read that bit in a Nailbiter where Brian Michael Bendis shows up in that horror comic Nailbiter? Okay, there's an, there's an amazing, if you read no other issue, read this one because you will freaking love it. He comes to this like small serial killer town and he's like, oh yeah, I'm researching a new horror comic. And he meets the serial killer, the Nailbiter, and we find out the Nailbiter is actually a huge Brian Michael Bendis fan and huge <laughs> fan of comics. And he's like, well, you know, we're really more alike than you think, Brian. I mean, then he starts listing off all the characters Brian he's Michael killed. Bendis has killed. <laughs> he's like, look, I killed these people. You kill people who feel real to to me and then he gets to hawkeye he's like well technically you brought hawkeye back so yeah. so you know we, he's not really count. he doesn't really count yeah he killed him <laughs> and brought him back and that's it now continuity brought everyone back yeah. except for jack of hearts i think he's still dead jack of hearts hey until they put him in a movie then he'll be back right i don't i, I mean like jack of hearts will be like a shield agent or something like he's not gonna be a movie character they're not gonna they'll they'll make a joke about him or something he'll be a name on a screen that you read yes uh, so, yeah, as far as that goes, um, there's another one that I forgot to mention that's really important, and that is Ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Ultimatum. Let's flood the world. That ruined the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, it did. They, they never quite recovered from that. Yeah, they never quite recovered. Ultimate Spider-Man stayed good, but then again, yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man was always good, but it was the nail in the coffin for everything else. Some of my favorite Ultimate Spider-Man ish- single issues are tie-ins to Ultimatum. Really? Just that double-page splash of J. Jonah Jameson's editorial where Spider-Man is, like, just jumping in the into the into the flood trying to save as many people as he can. Mm. And Jameson is just standing there in the submerged high-rise office of the Daily Bugle, and he just says, I am entirely ashamed of myself. I'm like, <laughs> fuck yes. You just hit it on the head, man. That was actually the turning point for the J. Jonah Jameson character and put him into an ultimate direction where it was like, you took the J. Jonah Jameson character, who in 616 would just go, I'm sure that blasted Spider-Man has something to do with this. 
And, I bet he flooded the city. And, and turned it into something where the guy's like, I am a windbag. Like, I fuck see the everything. error of my ways. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm going to push all pro Spider-Man like stuff. Just an amazing direction. And then he is beaten to death by a twice-resurrected Norman Osborn. Fucking yep. disaster of an ending for that universe. But, uh... But Ultimatum sucks. Uh, Blob eating the wasp, just so many. Just so bizarre. Uh, Cyclops blasting Wolverine to... I'm sorry, Magneto forcing Cyclops to blast Wolverine into bones. To atoms. Like, just just such like leaps in not only logic, but continuity and mm -hmm. character. It was just such garbage. Just so terrible, and you can tell. I, I, pretty I much like some people time. who complain about the science too, where it's like, well, so you know, if Magneto can use his magnetic it's abilities to change things. <laughs> we talked about that a little bit in the very early days of, ba of back. That's right, about, you did. We talk about Magneto, and I'm like, and they, they, I think they were like, can you reverse the poles? I'm like, Magneto does, and he uses. <laughs> I'm like, if he can reverse, then he's a god. Then he's a god. If you can reverse the magnetic poles of the Earth. Like, then you should be able to, like, m move people around like marionette puppets by moving the iron in their fucking bloodstream. Like, no! Well, he is the master of magnet. Right, that's... Yes, like the video game promises. Welcome to die. <laughs> X-Chicken. <laughs> master of magnet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, ultimatum. Fucking wow. Just everything bad about it. Is, every, what a stinker. There's like, there's almost, yeah, and the only thing that I can like about it is what someone else did with the plot idea. And the idea that, what's his name? Like, Professor X is like, quick, all the popular characters, help me stop Magneto. And Spider Man's like, <laughs> no, I got shit to, I got people to save, man. I don't know if you know this, but a, a tidal wave hit New York City. I, can't I have be hero going, stuff to do. I can't be going to Wondegore Mountain fighting idiots and dying for no reason. I got, I, I gotta be doing my character thing, and it's really awesome. You know, it's funny. This uh, this show, we both uh, heaped some praise on Brian Michael Bendis, and we heaped a lot of anger it's on him true. too. I think I love I think him I as have... a writer. I think he's amazing. It's just you know peaks and valleys. Well, well, guess what? I have another one for the heap anger pile okay. on, and that is and that is his entire X Men run in the Marvel now. Basically, everything after uh, Battle of M or War of M oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. War of the Atom or Battle for the Atom or whatever. I don't remember. See, it's been so long ago, I don't even remember. I remember I was so excited for that one because it was my first big X-Men event after getting back into the X-Men and after kind of being like a somewhat professional comic book critic. I'm like, man, this is going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got a whole issues of characters sitting around and being like, well, I think the time-traveling X-Men should stay. Well, I think they should go. Well, I will defend their right to stay. Well, I will fight you on that. For issues and issues. Yeah, the the first issue when the X Men when Beast brought the young X Men to the present, I was like, this is a teaser. Like this is a great issue. Like that pulled me right the hell in. I would say the first two arcs of that and Uncanny are really good, and then Bendis happens because he has other projects he's working on and he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, he's just he was like, well, anyway, I don't know, and like he fought hard. He dropped all of his Avengers titles so that he could have the X Men. I remember yep. him being like, I'm so excited, I'm finally gonna get the X Men, and and I guess like after two arcs went, oh, you know what? I don't really give a shit about the X Men. Like I really overestimated my enthusiasm for this Did huge he ever. amount of characters. Now it could be 
that Marvel gave him a lot of pushback. They said, don't really, don't do a lot of innovation with the X-Men. Don't push the big, like, don't make the X-Men, don't Avengers the X-Men. Because people don't remember this. Like, the Avengers was a shitty selling book. It was the Unsellables. It was just a bunch of characters nobody gave a fuck about. Then Ben has killed half of them, and then made them in the A-Team, and it became a huge selling title, and then they made movies about them. And people idealized the idea of Cap, Iron Man, and Thor hanging out and being awesome. And there were some great stuff. Avengers Forever, Kurt Busiek knew how to fucking do that because he he's Marvel's watcher. But, like, yeah. the fact is, the Avengers didn't really sell very well, and it wasn't a very popular book. But Bendis fucking breathed new life into that book mm-hmm. by completely throwing away everything about it and making his own and, shit. And he breathed fresh life into the X-Men for a second. Like, I liked the idea of the time-traveling yeah, I X-Men. I loved that like- idea, too. But his interest in that universe or in those characters was quashed for one reason or another. And we can only speculate. Maybe, maybe Marvel said like, don't make it huge because we don't want to compete. Like you made a billion dollar franchise out of an unsellable title. What will you do with the X-Men? Like, what will you do if you make characters that are huge? I truly think that the time traveling X-Men were supposed to go back at the end of battle of M war of M, whatever it was. But then they're like, no, no, just keep them. Yeah. I, I truly do, and it got really hard to review because it's like, well, you got old Iceman and time traveling Iceman, you got young Gene and time traveling yeah. Gene, <laughs> and just trying to keep all the characters straight, and like, what what was really the reward off the back of it? Not much. It ultimately didn't change very many things having these characters, and even now in the newer run, everyone's just kind of living and let live with the fact that there's time traveling X Men now. Well, and they're not even from the pe- like the 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 ideas behind it have gotten so far from that dynamite pitch that now it's like, who even gives a shit at this point? Like, who can even keep it keep it straight? And I remember being, I remember being like, okay, um, we were just doing a... It was really cool for me up until Mystique was like, and I've been manipulating everything with my shape-changing powers! And we're like, I'm like, oh, right, X-Men, bye! And also, Charles Xavier had a kid with Mystique that you right. didn't know about. And, like, he's a villain from the future who runs an evil brotherhood, but, oh, no, wait, people like this Runaways character and like Deadpool, so they can't all be evil, so they're actually being mind-controlled by him, except for Wolverine's other kid, who's also in on it, and it's just like, well... And, again, I I count Uncanny in that, too, because he was writing both books, and there came a point when he just stopped caring which book he was writing, because... It, they just kind of blurred one into the other. He also invented a bunch of new mutants for the Uncanny team yeah. that never got any use or never got any play. It was so hilarious that he invented the characters then did nothing with them. <laughs> well, that that might have... I think that's definitely a Marvel pushback. Except, except for Eva Bell, the time-traveling Australian, who I think he kept in his back pocket to be like, okay, if I need to fix everything, I'll just use her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and what a stinker of a 600th issue that we had to wait forever to get, and then we finally got it. What a big nothing. <laughs> yeah. so, so, someone in the chat said, no, it was all about the redemption of Cyclops. What redemption? What yeah, book what redemption? did you read? Look at him now. He's dead. Oh, uh, he's he's more than dead now. Have you read Extraordinary X-Men number four? No. <laughs> Is he a phoenix or something? 
Okay, let, let me tell you all about it. Hey, so everyone stick your fingers in your ears for the next couple <laughs> seconds if you haven't read this and don't want this spoiled. Okay, so Mr. Sinister is the villain of this new Extraordinary X-Men arc. Yeah. He's working on some way for mutants to survive Terragenesis so it doesn't kill them. Yeah, losing and the fox I... rights will, will, will make them survive. <laughs> it will make them survive. And he's like, well, the answer is quite simple. To me, a mad scientist, I will merely splice mutants within human DNA is what I will do. Yeah. No one survived the process so far, but there's a mutant out there who's so stubborn and so hateful. <laughs> I bet if I splice him with it, he'll live. Yeah. And it's Cyclops. So now Cyclops is half mutant, half inhuman. Oh my god. You know what's funny about that? Uh, Bendis is, is... Is Bendis writing that? No, no, no. It's it's Jeff Lemire. Okay, because if he did, then Bendis doesn't remember the time when he retconned the Beyonder uh, into being a, a mutant who went into the Terrigen Mists and became the Beyonder, because that's what happens when a mutant becomes an inhuman. <laughs> uh, and then I guess... and But then Hickman was like, No! <laughs> The Beyonders are a race of ancient beings, and the and the Beyonder from Secret Wars was a kid Beyonder who was just playing with action figures. Um, but yeah, it gets even funnier because if you're reading the all new X Men, which is the book that's now singularly focusing on the young team, yes, they're actually working on redeeming young Cyclops and him Good. being like, you know, I want to be the Cyclops people remember and like. I want to be the Boy Scout. I want to be that guy again yeah. only no one's giving me a chance because everyone hates my older self and everyone's <laughs> afraid i will become that guy one day well yeah that's who you are <laughs> that's who you are well it's even better because they've set him up against like this group of criminals who wear cyclops masks and go and commit crimes and they're like yeah man we're doing it for mutant rights no it's not you're a bunch of d-bags who are committing crimes in masks <laughs> yeah Ugh. uh all right moving on to dc a little bit the return of Superman after his death. Ah. Uh, inevitability, but stupid. Like, just everything about it was just... Because the idea of a... The, and I'm not talking about the world without a Superman. After Superman was killed by Doomsday, uh, you know, he died, and then they immediately launched into, but what are these four characters? Uh, and... But there's a lot of cool fallout that they that we don't talk about, like Funeral for a Friend and World mm. Without a Superman, where we see these Superman titles continuing and seeing the fallout of the laws of the Man of Steel and how cool that is. Right. Uh, and I really, really liked that stuff, but then all the other stuff happened, where <laughs> uh, we had four different titles, which all, by the way, neat idea. Four to they took the four Superman titles, gave a gave a protagonist Superman for each one, who had totally mm -hmm. different personalities and totally different cast of characters, and then eventually converged them all into one major event that would bring back the original the original Superman. Cool concept, horrible execution, which included yeah. the likes of Mongol and Hank Henshaw and uh, Coast City's destruction, and like which just, led to Green Lantern going nuts. Yes, uh, and and Superboy being a petulant jackass, and all this gar like. And D don't X. call me Superboy. I'm the Metropolis Kid. Yeah, I'm legally owned by the Seagulls and Schusters right now, but uh, just wait until the legal settlement then. <laughs> Falls apart. Hey, hey, at least Double X would be really cool in Young Justice, the cartoon show. He would be yes. cooler there than he would be in anything else. Yes, yes. And Guardian, of course. Um, the but... only time Guardian was ever worthwhile is in that show. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, The Return of Superman, inevitable, and unfortunately, it's like, I, I picked up Superman from Superman 75 when he died all the way through to The Return. 
Like, and it was the first and only time I regularly purchased Superman because I was just so interested. And then it ended, and I was like, goodbye. <laughs> because Superman grew a mullet, and he pretended to be Clark, and his Clark Kent persona was just under rubble for months. Like, give me yeah. a break. Uh, the only thing but that I liked about that, however, was there was one great scene where Superman and Clark are trying to figure out how to, what story to use to explain away Clark Kent's demise. Like, mm. to explain how Clark Kent didn't die and isn't Superman. And he, and Superman's like, hmm, we could go with alien invasion, or uh, I was under some rocks, or I was on assignment. Uh, <laughs> you know, I had amnesia. And Lois goes, Clark, who would believe any of those stories? And he's like, <laughs> you did. <laughs> For a long time, he's this like, Pulitzer Prize winner. Because every time I gave you an excuse like that, you believed it. And if you'd believe it, then the world would. <laughs> and she was like, I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you? Just amazing. But yeah, uh, just such a dud. Um, uh, building off of that, zero hour. Whole book. Garbage. Just total bullshit. Doesn't is, do anything. Is, is that the one where uh, Parallax tries to like restart the sun or something with the no, sun? Or am I thinking that's, of... uh, that's like... Uh, it's something Black, like Blackest Darkest Night. Night or... Dar it's, it's something like that. I it was the next it. one after yes. it. Yes. Uh, no, uh, Zero Hour is a crisis in time. They wanted to clean up continuity a little bit more. And Again. it was the first crisis after Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they were like, we're going to do a crisis. And they kept using the word crisis. And, and I think the plan was that like the main bad guy was going to be revealed to be Batman. And they were like, we don't want to do that. <laughs> so instead they made it Hawk from Hawk and Dove. That's and, right. And the only reason they made it Hawk from Hawk and Dove is because some like fans had figured it out was yeah. the thing. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be the Atom, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Yes. Or Captain Atom. It was Captain Atom and then they were like, "Oh, never mind, it's Hawk." And then they were like, "Oh, bat we we those reveals all suck. Final night, thank you." Uh those events suck. Let's uh let, let's also have Parallax be the manipulator of everything. <laughs> it was like Still probably the coolest thing Hawk from Hawk and Dove has ever done. Oh, yeah. was That costume was way better than... than the Monarch? Yeah, so yes. cool. Um, but anyway... Uh, Not the Venture Brothers like, Monarch. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Love that guy. Yeah. It's just so, such a fucking sad character. Uh, I, I, I had one here, and it's one I was surprised to put on here. Yeah. Uh, this is a dud, and I think the people in charge of it knew it was a dud, and the fact they're going to be changing it very soon, I think, is the perfect example of why it is. And that is Cullen Bunn's current run on Aquaman. And poor, poor Cullen Bunn, because I know none of this is his fault. <laughs> now, they, what makes they dealt it so him crappy? A, it's because there was two excellent runs before that, the Jeff Johns run and the Jeff Parker run, yes. that took Aquaman into some really cool, really interesting places, really made him a viable hero and made him a guy you wanted to read about every week. Right. It was a book, <clears throat> books that tackled the silliness of Aquaman head on, where it's like, oh, you know, you can't eat fish, Mr. Aquaman. I thought fish were your friends, like you're the little mermaid. He's like, no, no my food. dad. Yeah, they're food. My dad was a fisherman, guys. Geez, why do you get this so wrong? <laughs> Like, gave him it, a bunch of cool villains, made Black Manta scary again. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Jeff Johns wrote a bunch of stories about his mother and Atlantis as, like, this living thing. They reinvented the whole mythology. Yeah. yeah. J uh, Johns and Parker did for this what Johns did for Green Lantern. Right. And but, then... Uh, but then Cullen uh, Bunn came on board. 
which again, not his fault. You know what actually great happened writer. was gr- great writer. His Magneto run, awesome. His Sinestro yes. run, great. Six Gun, also great. Also if you want great. a little something indie, something a little western. Yeah, it's really. You know good. what? What happened was is that Jason Momoa got cast in Batman v Superman. They're like, well, better get this book in line for the movie. That's what they do. Like Aqu- like like a uh, Green Arrow, where they're like, oh, this show is big, so let's change him back to the show guy. Like. Yep. Let's change literally everything. He's going to be mean and angry, and he's going to be ousted as king, and we're going to give him a cool new costume because that other costume is ugly and stupid. <laughs> Even though Jeff Johns, one of the greatest moments he ever wrote, was Arthur standing before the costume and saying to Mira, hey, I don't know if I should wear this anymore. This is kind of silly. And she says, no, that is your heritage. That is your family. You know, Wear that not for them. Wear it for you because you know what it means. Yeah, that's right. And he's, no. like, learning to accept himself, silliness and everything, but only for this new Aquaman to be like, no, man, just wear this. Yeah, I'm gonna get some tribal tats and just fucking hit the gym. Uh, awesome. It's, it's just so ridiculous. Like, it's even funnier, too, because the first arc they wrote is like, oh, there's there's another Shadow Atlantis bleeding into this world. And I'm like, oh, so it's like an incursion. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, it's nothing like incursions. It's, to- it's totally new and different. Uh, they, I mean, I guess they did bring Aqualad Garth back into that, which yeah. was kind of cool, if nothing else. But the rest of it is just such a wash. And right. here's the thing. Bun wanted to quit after issue two. After issue two, there was such horrible backlash against it. He wanted to quit. It was the editor who's Bun's friend who made him stay. Oh. Right, but like, why? If he's getting such, like, I would, yeah, no. But editorial's probably fucking with him so much, so he's like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I think I've read somewhere that he was really dissatisfied with what, with the with the, uh, the 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 support or lack thereof that he's been getting. Oh, they, they, they massacred him. They massacred him left, right, and center. And he, even I gave him quite a few bad reviews, but tried to be nice about it. Where it's like, look, I know none of this was probably in your hands. You probably wrote exactly what they wanted you to write. Yep. It's it's such a shame that at Marvel, Bun seems to get such great projects, but at DC, they seem to give him the crap no one else wants. Where it's like, hey, here, here take this Lobo book that everyone's gonna hate. And maybe it's because they're like, well, he's so great, he can make gold out of coal. Like, just just do what you need, man. Like, do your magic. Do your independent magic on all these crappy characters. But, like, and Marvel's like, no, just just give him cool guys, and he'll do cool shit. <laughs> and he'll write cool books about it. Yeah, just such a shame, Aquaman. And I think they're already admitting defeat on it, because if you've seen the solicitations for issue 50, it's back in the costume, back to the old hair, back to everything. In mm. fact... They're basically treating it like this story that's going on right now didn't even happen. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Which, again, is what happened with Green Arrow 2. It's like, yo, we're going to make it just like the show and yeah. you're all going to love it. Oh, 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 you comic fans hate the Arrow TV show? Damn. Okay, well, treat it like it didn't happen then and get a new writer in. Yeah. Oh, oops. That um, one was even worse because they killed the Jeff Lemire run prematurely, which was one of the finest runs on that character I've read since Judd Winnick. Right. Yeah, and yeah, that they're just like, run. and they're just like, yeah, we're gonna kill the goose that makes the golden eggs on this one, guys. Oh yeah, because we know what's best. Actually, they collected the entire Jeff Lemire run just recently into a hardback omnibus. Oh no shit. Yeah, yeah, they just collected it all. It's a really nice collection. That's cool. I don't own it yet, but I plan to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one that I think needs to be said is Axis. Mm, yeah, this one was on. Now, I reviewed Axis quite highly when it came out. I can't lie on that because I know people will source me on that. One. Right. I will admit, though, 
the fallout was kind of crappy from it. I don't think there's anything wrong with the story, mm -hmm. but like the fallout was pretty lame. I read the main issue. I didn't read any of the tie-ins, and I was or the written main series, and nothing about it entertained me. Oh, like, yeah. There was no part where I'm like, "Yeah, this is really cool." I I just I was like, "Wow!" It it for me, it actually was one of the most damaging books that Marvel had put out for a long time, because for me, it felt like uh, it 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 illustrated all the problems that Marvel Comics and, and mainstream comics have, which is, like, every other day, there's a universe-changing event that... They did have too many too close together. Too many too close, and there are... Like, I just... I, I had this image of them when, like, they were fighting with whoever, and, like, a couple of the heroes were hiding behind, like, a wall, and they're like, once we get this thing! And I remember just thinking, like, doesn't anyone there go, this is fucking stupid. Like, everything we do is... Nothing we do matters. Like, I think we're in a comic book. Like, they got... <laughs> they just did it too much. And Un Uncanny Avengers was leading all up to it. Just too many big yeah. shit. Like, too much big shit all at once. And then it culminated in this thing where, like... In this cartoonish premise where Red Skull becomes Onslaught. And you're just like... And you know what? That Red Skull is Onslaught thing, that was over all the production material yep. and all the stuff that they put ever. It's actually kind of a bait and switch because they deal with Red Skull as Onslaught by like the end of issue three. Yeah, and it was could have been cool, but... They just... It's Apocalypse as Genesis, who is the villain for the rest of it. Which I thought was a cool idea. I've always wanted to see the Marvel Universe versus Apocalypse. But not like this, to quote it, 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 it wasn't really him, though. It was Genesis who got inverted. And hilariously, that really interesting story of this poor, innocent little kid who becomes Apocalypse yeah. does, doesn't get dealt with in that main story. It gets dealt with in the Deadpool book, actually. Right. Well, he loves that character. You know, yeah. Because Deadpool's his little buddy and yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, so Axis, bleh. Um, I, I thought Axis had a pretty funny moment with all the, what is it, all the focus they put on good guy Carnage, who when he sacrifices himself is like, I want a rhinestone statue and I want God. to play Freebird 24 hours a day in the Liberal Center in New York. I was like, I don't remember Carnage ever being that much of a shit kicker, but all <laughs> I right. I love that word. <laughs> Uh, and and Spider-Man going, well, shit, I guess I gotta do it for him now. <laughs> right. The other thing that I that I, that I that frustrated me to, to death was the heroes being like, well, it's all about me. Like, when they get inverted and they're like, well, get out of my way. I'm like, you did this in Civil War. Like, where you're all being written out of character to serve as some stupid story. Like, just this Yeah, at least magic. there's a reason for it that, right. hey, we were inverted. Yeah, but I've seen it already. Yeah, at least they were inverted. And the other thing that I found interesting about the inversion is that even though they were inverted, they were still kind of themselves. Like, you know, Cap inverted Captain America took hostages. He didn't kill people. Right. He, tra he trapped them in another universe. He didn't kill people. Yes. The only it, thing that... it didn't flip their switches entirely. No. The only thing that I did enjoy was that Spider-Man, thank fucking God, wasn't inverted. And yeah. then he was like... Duh! The only thing that frustrated me about that is that, like, we had just done all these stories where Spider-Man's, like, kind of a bigger character and kind of, like, more inspirational. The fact that he fails to inspire or fix anything is was like, yeah. was like, thanks. All right. Well, um, but you whatever. Know, and, and, the and the hanging threads from that story are also a little annoying where it's like, hey, Iron Man stayed inverted because he put up his anti-inversion bullshit shield. Well, just that we want to write him as an asshole. 
and which hey they got a great arc out of that if yeah. nothing else and then secret wars happened and then they never explain how he got on it uninverted he just came back to his senses on his own i guess yeah yeah just whatever which well, it's funny the whole story about like how they were gonna undo it because he had like he had downloaded his consciousness as like a backup or something that's well that was all superior iron man yeah i know I was, that was a cool idea but the, yeah no time. I, I I like Tom Taylor and I like Superior. But if you remember, the the bullshit Shield protected him. Yep. Protected Havoc. Yep. Who then went over to the Bendis book and who they did sweet fuck all with. And, they, and uh, he that, also stopped acting like that too. Yeah, and he also like tried to kidnap his wife, the Wasp, who they had had kids in the future in the in the Hickman story, and that went absolutely nowhere. Yep. And Sabretooth was the other one who got to stay uninverted, and he joined the Uncanny Avengers for a bit. Yep. And then that went nowhere. And now he's on Magneto's new Uncanny event or Uncanny yes. Mutants team. Assumedly back to normal because he's on a team with a bunch of villains again. Right. So, yeah. 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 So what was really the point? I don't know. The, uh, the best part of that was getting to see inverted, for me at least, the best part of that was getting to see inverted Doctor Doom and inverted Magneto. Yes, that was cool. Uh, and, like, how they, they, and how they didn't want to go back. They're like, but you know what? Maybe we'll be good men again in our own time. Yeah, I like that idea, and that was a way cooler concept, but in a sea of total shit. You, you, you had to pick out the diamonds, but there yes, were some diamonds in there. That's true. Uh, another one that I have to pick out is the rest of No Man's Land from Batman. Mm -mm. Batman's no Man, Batman No Man's Land, Earthquake hits Gotham, it turns into the end of uh, Dark Knight Rises. And... <laughs> Uh, that movie that everyone remembers right everyone loves that one but like the concept of a gotham that's abandoned by the government and is running itself cool uh the first volume fucking awesome mm -hmm. and then just uh, like just there was some wheels spinning just falls right the fuck off apart and like uh, until and even that even when it culminates with joker and and sarah and the babies you're like like at that point you're so exhausted you just like just stop and well that's what happens with mega events like that well and i i, I remember reading it when it was coming out ah uh, see that'll do it for you too i think it's one of those things where it's like read this and trade everybody well, no what and, I, and then i went and i went back to pick up some 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 old trades from a comic shop uh in town and i was looking and i grabbed the first four mm -hmm. there's two more <laughs> Oh wow, that is a big long one. Oh, like end. <laughs> what's what's worse, that or Nightfall for like insane amount of stuff you got to read through. Nightfall's another one, by the way. That like what the crap, neat idea, terrible villain, just spins completely out of control until like John Paul Valley embodies the event where he he starts out all '90s and cool, and then he just adds more bullshit to himself <laughs> to his costume. More, more bright and obvious and garish and stupid until finally, I've got knife fingers. Until they finally, like, the end of him is Batman lures him into a cave and he has to take all that complicated all of his bullshit armor, yeah. off until he's left with just the character. And then he illuminates the room and he wakes up and he's and, he, and he's left to his own devices. Amazing culmination. One issue. You could have, yep. and that issue could have come out at any point along the road, and it would have ended it. Hilarious, just amazing. But like, damn, Nightfall, what the crap? 
Nightfall seems like the sort of thing that they should adapt into a much better DC animated movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, they need to do that. Somebody just said in the chat that Azrael was a parody of the times. Azrael is, he's not a parody. He is a direct response to 90s comics. Casadas says now that Azrael was created as a parody. I'm like, oh, you say that today. Well, no, the writers definitely were like, were upset with, the direction that nine that the comics were going in with Cable and Deadpool and Spawn and Youngblood and all the different like anti-heroization of of superhero comics, and, and they blood were like Gun and Fist Punch and all those yeah, other guys, and Blood Blood, and they were like you <laughs> you need they're like they're they're like you don't want your an image version of Batman because because this not is Batman. what it would be because this is what it would be, and people were like this is awesome, and they're like well, I, then I don't give a fuck. Did uh, did you see just recently? I don't know if you've been reading Batman and Robin Eternal, but Azrael John Paul Valley is back now. I saw that. I saw he's in the new Fifty Two, and they're like, "Hey, Azrael," and he's like, "Hey." Do, do you know what story? Too. Do you know what story it is? They wrote him. They wrote him a much better origin story. Oh, really? He's not. Uh, is he still under the Order of Saint Dumas? And he's like, "Yeah, yes, he is." They brought the Order of Saint Dumas back, but here's the rub, though. So in <laughs> Batman and Robin Eternal, they've been dealing with this villain called Mother. Okay. who is a human trafficker who specializes in genetically created humans. Okay. So she so she grows test tube babies from scratch, more or less. All right. And then completely reprograms them to have, like, one focus in life. Like, you will be the greatest ballerina who ever lived. You right. know, you will be the greatest lawyer who ever lived. Well, she has dealings with the Order of St. Dumas for technology and money and everything. And she's like, look, I will grow you a champion. I will grow you a guy who all he knows is the Order of St. Dumas and lives to serve. So I will grow you John Paul Valley. Okay, that's cool. And then and it's that's an idea of when he's, when he's, like, of a man who has no direction or no purpose, or, like, his purpose has been denied him, so now what does he do with himself? Is that the idea? They're already built. Here's the thing. Like, he's like he's been a side note so far, but they're already kind of building that up to where he's fought Red Robin and Red Hood, and Red Robin's like, dude, look, look at your birth certificate and the fact that there isn't one. All these memories... <laughs> All these memories in your mind are fake. You don't exist. Cool. And he's already kind of he's already kind of getting like the brow sweat like, "Oh no, what what is even my life?" Right. Okay, cool. That's pathos. That's fun. And um, they did the same thing with Cassandra Kane too yes. because now she's also a test tube baby, but they also worked in her dad David Kane too. Only right. David Kane is now orphan. Oh, okay. I like the idea of her being a real baby and her just being trained well, they kept that too. That's the thing where it's like mother had her own way of doing things, but David Kane wanted to prove that he could do it better. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I always like the Cassie Kane origin and her uh, involvement in the Bat family and how like Barbara really liked her, and then when uh, Stephanie Brown became Batgirl, she's like, I don't really don't like you though. <laughs> They seem to be working up in that direction. I would not be surprised if uh, if Cassie Kane got her own uh, got her own comic when this is all right. said and done. I hope so. She's cool, and I always love that design. It was just a like I remember I wasn't reading Batman at the time, at least on No Man's Land, you know, blah. But I was like on and off, and I saw just the image of her with the sewed mouth, and I'm like, that's fucking cool. What is it's that? Not it's nice with the black and the yellow, and it would also be good if she got a book, because then you could have counter-programming for the new bubbly, happy Batgirl of Burnside book. Yeah. You could have, like, the other side of it. That'd be amazing. I love it. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if they got Gail Simone in to write it? Wouldn't oh, that be oh, hilarious? Oh. Hey, Gail, you want to write Batgirl uh, again? <laughs> yeah, bat, write that one. Write the, the ninja assassin mute one that only speaks through action and fighting. <laughs> the one whose language <laughs> is battle. 
Actually, Gail Simone is already writing a mute assassin girl for oh. Secret Six. She's writing Strix, who's the talent she created, and she can only communicate through little post-it notes that are charmingly misspelled as if by a six-year-old. <laughs> and she is hilarious, and she's terrifying, and she's great. That's awesome. Um, for me, okay, I got two more. One is DC versus Marvel from the from the nineties. Which was just like a whole pile of who gives a fuck. Uh, just, first of all, making the fans decide who fucking wins. The second, uh, not letting the artists know because they had to wait for the fans poll like numbers to come in first. They had to draw both versions of the, of the, of the fights. The fights being only a page. The, the idea of two universes being brought. Like, just the whole thing. Just, like, finally we're getting a DC versus Marvel book. And it's so dumb. It like it was the worst possible time for us to get it. Like 1996, when 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 substance just was completely a barren wasteland. Yeah. Just, just damn it. Like why can't we have a world now where we got the Cullen Buns and the and like even the Bendises and the Jeff Johnses and we can see Batman and Daredevil fight or team up or who cares? I just want to see it. And we can't but, anymore because with now the, with these companies raking in money for the movies, you would think they would put their shit aside for a second to try and make some more comic money it's just like fucking i don't care man make it available for charity or whatever whatever you gotta do mm. but like and don't bring and don't make it in continuity like don't bring back access <laughs> your <laughs> co-created character no just 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 give us and by the way like that ushered in the whole era of like look at all these cool crossovers like we got the batman spider-man crossover that we always deserve we got two of them for the price of one we got <laughs> fucking we uh we had a Silver Surfer Green Lantern crossover that was pretty cool. The Fantastic Four Superman got to crossover. Like really cool crossovers, but this main event was so fucking terrible. And it yeah. just it was just so unreadable. And if you ever go back and read it, you'll be like, "Who are these characters? They <laughs> they they have the same names, but what the crap?" It just such a disaster. It is a pretty hilarious time capsule, though, you gotta say. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. If you ever need to be like, what what was what were the comics like? Hand them Deathmate Black and <laughs> DC versus Marvel. And be like, this is what they were like. Here's both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it was like back in the day. Yeah. Um, and finally, for me, it's Death of the Family by Scott Snyder Ooh, Greg Capullo. That's right. That's right. You, you, you got a talking to from the man himself on this one. That was on Zero Year. He, oh I, right! I did, a, I did a back issues on Zero Year, and he was like really sad that I didn't like it. You see, see, I got nothing but nice, happy mail from Scott Snyder. He likes that I talk about the blimps because he likes blimps, and I also blimps like are blimps. Cool. Listen, I like Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow as well, man. But the point is, those stories are not fantastic, and man, uh, yeah. I, Gonna get a lot of blowback on that Death of the Family one. I know some people are uber into it. Listen, great build, beautiful idea, but just, it, it just finally wraps up in this, like, uh... I, I'm a big Snyder fan, and I will admit this. This is true of Court of Owls. This is true of Death of the Family. He does better in Endgame, and he does better in Eternal, but he has a problem with endings. It's just, yeah, that's right. I mean, like, the only one, you know what sucks? Is the Court of Owls is still the best, and it was the first one. Like, Court of Owls ends great. But that was with Dick and Bruce together and him being like, you didn't save me from a life of, or, you know, I, I didn't save you from a life of horror. You saved me. Yes. And like, and just the whole twist with his, with, with, with Owlman 
not before we knew that they were going to bring in actual crime syndicate owl man i'm like yeah this is all really cool i really like this idea and the court of owls and the, the, the you know like the the gotham's bigger than batman expected and like yeah. in a new status quo and it goes that from he there. can still be surprised yeah but like i think i think end game and death of the family just needed to be Elseworlds books so that he could just do whatever he wanted and not worry about continuity and not try and establish, like not try to be like, this is this, the stuff you like is still things, but like, we got to have the old, we got to have the new stuff. That's like, we got to start building here now. Like you can't have both. You can't have a world where killing joke exists, but Batman's only 30. Like you can't do that. Like you gotta have, you, you gotta have balance. And like, we also had this whole buildup where like it's the death of the Bat family, and number one nobody dies. It's true. Number two, the Bat family doesn't die. Like they all they'll team up like a like a month later. Well, you see, it was more of a metaphorical death of the family because it broke them up. You see. Yeah, but then they got back together immediately after that. Yeah, well, some came quicker than others. But, but I'm just yeah. saying, like that's that's not a death. A death what is was permanent. We- you can't just use the word death interchangeably. I know it's comics and lol, death, <laughs> but like if you're doing a, gra- a, 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 a cojones dropping event like death of the family and you use a word like death and you involve the Joker, you got to have something bigger. And I know yeah. you hate Damien, Scott. Kill Damien at the end. No, here's the thing. You know why he couldn't kill Damien? Well, because, because Damien died Because Morrison had to week. kill Damien. <laughs> yeah, because like they- literally the next week. Yeah, that... That was, I feel like Death of the Family suffered from a lot of just just scheduling dif- like differences. Like, the fact that Grant Morrison didn't give a flying fuck about whatever Scott Snyder was doing and was just like... And why well, should he? Because he's Grant Morrison. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, <laughs> nothing you wrote is transcendental or, 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 or influencing the zeitgeist, so... <laughs> But, uh, D- talk to me after you've done 40 hits of blotter acid in one night. And exactly. We'll talk. Yeah. You, me, and Kevin Smith will get high and record a conversation, and then we'll be friends. But, like, <laughs> the, uh, the there were too many fucking tie-ins, and, like, some of the visuals were better. Like, I, the, I don't know. The, I, I quite I enjoyed a few of the tie-ins. Again, that Gail Simone Batgirl one was really terrifying. That was really Gail- terrifying. But, like, you got this, I don't know, it just, it didn't live up to the hype of itself because it really built great the idea of joker being like the idea of joker hitting on notes from the past and right. being like i'm not doing this anymore we're not like the idea of joker saying you are you you are your world is too fucking crowded it used to be you and me yeah and now it's got like you got like 16 robins and like 27 batgirls and like the one we're that i paralyzed to- isn't paralyzed anymore like no like, it is kind of fun for jokes of being like, we're going back to basics, just you and me. But if he actually achieved it, or at least if he had achieved some kind of lasting influence, like, the, the, there were so many great moments, and the book actually doesn't even end poorly. That's the thing. Like, for me, that ending is pretty choice. It Where they do the, the whole Watson, Sherlock Holmes, Moriarty battle on top of the waterfall, Reichenbach Falls thing. And, and Batman's like, I figured you, I know your name. And I can tell you, and he doesn't want to know, and you're like, oh, and he falls, and he falls for the umpteenth time, as if to mm-hmm. say, like, you you can you can't force story, and you can't force life. Like, and if we are destined to be in an interlocked, like, 
Mobius strip of a battle where it always yeah. ends the same way, then so be it. And you will fall off a, off a cliff, and you will seemingly die, and I won't see you for a while, but then you'll come back, and it'll be like you never fell in the first place. I feel like you and I are going to be doing this forever. Or at least until the end of this movie, and then we won't even reference me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oh. What a cheat. Like, that sucks. I get, like, I get, the, like, oh, like, you know, we want to show respect, he's dead. But people liked it. It's not, like, a problem to reference it. You just know it wouldn't have been Scarecrow in the third one. It would have been Heath Ledger sitting up there I think, being the judge. I think it would have... I think the... I, 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 a, I don't think the Bane would have been the main character. I think it would have been more like... they. It would have been another Joker story. Or Bane's story would have been interrupted. Like in Arkham Asylum, where he's like, mm -hmm. No, Bane. It's not about you. <laughs> it's about me. But, 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 but my backstory, that wasn't really my backstory at all. Yeah, no, but I'm stupid and I have a hilarious voice that will be parodied until the end of time. I, I'm sure I've said this elsewhere, but I really like Bane because I'm a big fan of Secret Six and they basically make him like, yes. like, <laughs> like a tired, yeah, they make him a tired prize fighter in Secret Six where he's just hanging out with Catman and Deadshot and being like, man, I peaked way too early in my life. Yeah, I should have like terrorized Batman. I shouldn't have tried to take Gotham, break his back, and then, I guess, do nothing. Because, legitimately, he breaks the back of Gotham's mine, and then he goes back to his apartment. He's like, yes, well, with Gotham being mine, I guess. Like, you can't, <laughs> like guess what? You know what? Then all of New Jersey's mine. I took it over. All of New Jersey's mine. It's mine. It's mine now. All, all, all hail Sal, new king of New Jersey. Because I said it. You can't just say things and then they happen. Like, you gotta actually affect the... Di like, maybe make your little, like, Trog and Zombie and Birdman or whatever go, like, infiltrate the municipality and take over. Or, like, no. Like, Bane is just such a tool. He's like, he's like every parody of a jock douchebag just being like, Yeah, I beat up the biggest guy and now I'm in charge. Well, I saw a lot of compare. Well, you know, for me, I've always drawn a lot of comparisons between Bane and Craven the Hunter. But at least Craven's like, you know, no, it's always about the hunt. And yes. once I've done this hunt, I'm on to the next hunt. Then you know, or like I did the big. I, I've hunted the greatest game and I won, and now it's over. Blam! Which is why yeah. I hate his return. That's another one by the Grim Hunt. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I I, I Death of the Family for me just doesn't quite live up to the hype. And I don't uh, think it, I, I think it doesn't quite hit the way it should have. I, I really like it. I know that I got a lot of good press when I was reviewing it and everything, but I can totally understand where you're coming yeah. from at the same time. And I will say that is an issue with, uh, was it with, uh, with Snyder. Snyder stories in general. And that is he has trouble ending. I think if he had his way, he would just keep going for a well, lot I of it. I think he would. I think, uh, well, and I, I feel like I would like to see him with, with no need for continuity or with no need to continue. Like if, if, if they were like doing Elseworlds death of the family, like, or do, do end game, what if? do, do end game Elseworlds where it's like, what it, it's, it's just whatever you want, man. And then it, if you need to like the reason why end game doesn't end the right way, the reason why it doesn't hit is because you know, they're not dead. Like, you know, they're not dead. And it's not because of spo these aren't spoilers. This is just you. They're like I just want to lay here with my friend. You're like this is cool. Too bad it's in a mainstream title. They they do do a pretty good fa uh, fake out with the faces though. Yes. Oh, with those in in Death of the Family. Yeah, that, yeah. That yeah. face. I'm like I go holy shit. But then it's yeah. like nah. 
I can remember uh, so, someone on the sly was sending me leaked pages of uh, Death of the Family, like the like the day or so before it came out. And I was reading them, and I got to that bit, and I'm like, no, there's no way they actually got away with doing this in a mainstream comic. How did they do this? Yeah, and that, yeah. That and the, and, and it was amazing. Like, oh, that, there's, a, there's so many good parts. But for me, it just, it just doesn't, and it could just be because it's a mainstream comic, and you know it's going to get undone immediately afterwards. Like, the punch is gone. It's like, thanks to Death of Superman, death is meaningless. Like, it's just, What's there's the- nothing left. Did, uh, did you ever read that Secret Wars 2 book where it was literally Hickman in the story talking to a bunch of characters? It was a comedy tie-in they yeah. did? Yeah, and I, I like, well, I've seen it done before where, like, the character, yeah, where he's like, I can't end it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's, I don't even have an ending for you. <laughs> I, I was referring to the Doctor Doom line where he's like, look, you could do the best work ever, you could do the worst work ever ever but the fact is anything you say and do will be referred to cataloged rewritten and eventually retcon so don't sweat it yeah yeah it's true um and yeah it, it, but for me like the reason why death of the family doesn't quite hit in the same way the death in the family does besides the death forget the death is that back when death in the family came out you weren't 100 percent sure it was all gonna get unmade mm-hmm. whereas now you gotta do something else or you gotta you gotta put it in another box so that the weight and gravity is felt and, and appreciated. Whenever a hero dies, it's you literally start the clock where it's like, okay, so what are we giving this? A year, two right? years? Well, when, well, when's the next movie coming out? Oh, are they going to be used on TV? I bet they'll be back by then. Exactly, exactly. Um, did you have any others on your list, by the way, of that we want we need to we need to cover? Uh, I had one last minor one, and this book is already canceled, so it's like, what's <laughs> what, what 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 is even at this point? That's uh. Uh, Justice League United, which I was all about because it was supposed to be called Justice League of Canada originally, (laughs) and Canadian Jeff Lemire was going to be writing it, and indeed, for the first arc, the team was set up in Canada, he reintroduced Adam Strange as a Canadian character, Okay, and that was really cool, (laughs) and... And the deal where they were like, okay, so you're going to be a Justice League, but you're going to be a space-faring Justice League. You're going to be like a Justice League who goes to different planets and has right. outer space adventures. And I'm like, all right, I can dig this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why DC has such a problem launching Justice League books that aren't the main Justice League. None of them last. Which is hilarious because they had such a problem launching Justice League books that starred the core team until Grant Morrison showed up and was like, how come all the Justice Leaguers are so lame? And now the only two Justice League books we have are Main Justice League and Justice League of America, all with the same characters. Yeah, exactly. And is the, and in divergent continuities, so you mm-hmm. get two different stories, I guess. Jeff Lemire had, like, one run getting the team together, and they fought, like, Bythe, uh, and, like, they did some stuff with Thanagar. I'm like, oh, this is cool, I like this. They're bringing in Zeta Tubes, and they're bringing in, you know, all those uh, crazy si- uh, outer space scientists, doctors, and everything. I like this. Yeah. Then he did this weird crossover story with the Legion of Superheroes that made me think Jeff Lemire really wanted to write a book about them, and he was hoping that that would get launched out of it. Then he got kicked off the book, and then they reworked the book for the DCU, and they're like, okay, well now Justice League United, it includes everybody in the DC Universe, heroes and villains, and anyone can join, and in fact, at the end of every story arc, we're going to be changing the team up, in fact. (laughs) And the first story they did was really lame. It had Swamp Thing and Poison Ivy all on a team and Etrigan the Demon, and that should be great. That and they fought awesome. like, That should have been awesome. And they fought like, they didn't even fight a villain. They fought like this weird 
Cthulhu plant thing in the ocean, and the art was really bad. I remember that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I read that issue. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done with this now. Ooh, but the next arc was so much better because it was like a World War II story with Sergeant Rock and Vandal Savage and all this other stuff. And then word came down that the book was canceled, and I'm like, well, all right then. <laughs> well, then I'm kidding, yeah. That, that I don't even care how this ends now. What what a wasted opportunity. That book had every chance in the world to be good, and it wasn't, and that's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. That's the worst part, is when a story has everything going for it. It's in a Goldilocks zone for, for, for greatness, for timelessness, for classichood, and mm -hmm. it just falls flat. And that's, that's I, for, for us, and this topic, it's like, you know, you could call it a rage fest or, a, you know, we're just a, it's a dumping ground. Let's just crap on a whole bunch of books for no it's reason. It's more of a disappointment fest, if yeah. it's anything. Nobody wants to read a bad comic. No, you, no, un never. Unless you find one that's hilarious, like the Doom adaptation or the Ultimate Warriors comic or something like that. Oh, uh, distrust. Oh, God. Speaking of Ultimate Warriors, you keep talking for Distrucity, fill the spaceship with the rocket fuel. <laughs> the terrain of testament. Getting good and folked. Good and fuck. By the way, if you if you ever want to know more about the Ultimate Warrior comic, I'm just gonna pimp out a friend of mine. Oh my god, you have an Ultimate Warrior shirt. I am wearing an Ultimate. How did I know that this was the day to wear the Ultimate Warrior right. shirt? If you ever want to read about the Ultimate Warrior comic without reading it, go to imockery.com's article about it, written by Proto Clown, pers close personal friend of mine, who I've tried to get on this channel multiple times, but he just can't get his fucking cameras and shit together. But uh, Proto Clan wrote an amazing write-up about the Warrior and the run of that book. It's the worst thing ever. But uh, but but unlike also also atop the fourth wall did like four videos devoted to it as well. If oh, you nice. don't want to read, but definitely check both of those yes. out. Yes. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, nobody wants to read a bad comic. You want the comics that you that especially. You know, sometimes once in a blue moon, a book will come out that's amazing, and you're just like, "Oh, that was that was really great." And then it turns, and then people all like it, like Gotham and Gaslight. Like this was nobody, nobody cared. Like it was just, oh, here's a story about Gotham and that Jack the Ripper, and people loved it, and it became a classic, and that's how it works. But and, and now the Gotham by Gaslight suit is something you see in every video game as an alternate skin. Let me tell you something. They almost made that a video game. Before I know. Arkham I've seen Asylum, the proto footage. If you YouTube it. Or Ga Gotham by Gaslight, they had like they had the physics all rendered out. It's the best looking bat cape I've ever seen in a video game. Uh, but the uh, but but we're, we we want the comics to be good. I think that the lesson here is don't force greatness. Just encourage it, and you know just let comics thrive in the environments that they work in. You know, like you just if you're making an event, you know accept it for what it is, but when you're looking to make a great comic, don't say you're making a great comic or don't say you're doing something yeah. that's going to change the face of comics forever. How many times have we heard the, the insert this universe will never be the same again. And it's like, and, you know, and it's something interesting too, that if I've learned anything from reviewing comics for like the four years that I've done, it's comics. Unlike a lot of other mediums out there, can start really bad but get really good by yes. the end. And yeah. they can also start really, you know, good, Shaky. but get to yeah, I mean the fact is, good. we also have uh, we we get we get um, situations where you know we want a writer who's really really good to like take the shackles off and just run mm. free. We've seen where that goes, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it ain't. And like sometimes an editorial 
you know, control is bad, stifling, but sometimes it flourishes creativity because you're forced into this place and you have to be creative and you have to force your ideas through a sometimes different lens. You need it. And it's really, yeah. really fascinating to watch comics like grow and be and be good. Any one of these books we mentioned had the potential to be fantastic, had the potential to be a lot great. Of, a lot of them were good ideas on paper. And some of them had really great starts or really great finishes or really great moments. Everything we mentioned has something really cool about it. True. Um, and I think that, you know, that's the best, that, that's the takeaway for this. It's just like, you got, you know, the, everything has potential and you just gotta have, you gotta be optimistic. Like, mm -hmm. it's easy to get, to, like, really, really down on comics because of the tropes and the, the pitfalls oh, yeah. that everyone falls into. But, like, and, and you get some, some duds, but, you know, for the most part, like, while, you know, while there is a sea of crap, there's some really, really great stuff out there, too. And, you know, you just, you just gotta, like, encourage the climates to make greatness happen. It's and, true. You know, you gotta, you gotta give a little, you gotta get a little, you yeah. gotta, the, the love you make is equal to the love you take. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> d d d d exactly. Turn, 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 all that other good stuff. Cuckoo -coo 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 <laughs> I am the walrus. Exactly. But uh, we will see you guys on another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange in the new year. Uh, you know, let us know in the comment section down below what yes, was please. a major comic that should have worked, but, but just, didn't. just didn't, that we didn't mention. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Joel, thank you, of course, as always, for joining me. Hopefully you had a great holiday. And, always uh, a pleasure. I certainly did. And I hope all of our viewers out there also had a great holiday season. Have a happy new year as well. Happy new year to you. It's big, bigger and better things here on uh, on YouTube now, guys. We're looking forward to 2016 being the year of Phase 2 for Comic Bob. We've launched a couple of new shows. Cape Joel, what can we look forward to in the new year from you guys? Uh, well, uh, if you head on over to my channel right now, I actually posted my top 10 favorite comics of 2015. I think that came together really well. I'm in the process of upgrading my camera equipment, so hopefully my show doesn't look as lame. I also, uh, I'm, I'm toying around with new openings as well, new opening credit sequences cool. as well for, uh, for my show, so be on the lookout for that. I think, I think my next video will probably have that attached, and then I'll gauge and see if people like it or not. Nice. I'm looking forward to that, man. Mm -hmm. alright guys we'll see you guys next time thank you so much for watching and, uh, and if you like this video by the way don't forget to like and subscribe and check out Kate Joel in the description box below this video thank you see you later guys